Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is 10 March today. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. We got, uh, uh, I'd like to say hi to my friend. She emailed me yesterday, and I just thought I'd send a hello to her. Uh, her name is Julie. She's out in Washington. Her and her husband, Steve, watch the update. And so if you're on, hi, Julie. And just wish her well. She's a wonderful soul. And then I, I got an email this morning from my friend Sergio. He uh, did a Sergio and wrote a tour yesterday and the day before in order to uh, do some more videos for us. They've been filming over the past month or two, and they were down at the Dead Sea. And when they were down there, he was flying his drone, and he found a side lake that is literally blood red. And so I don't know what the reason, if it's a microorganism or what, or if it's just happened this way. And But anyway, I thought I'd throw that in the Prophecy Update, and we'll put some pictures on the uh, update of it. But it's very cool looking. The drone is way up high, and there's this blood red. And the surprising thing is there's another lake right next to it, which is green, and then it goes into the regular Dead Sea. So I don't know if something's going on down there or not, but uh, I thought I'd add that in. And I'll tell you what happened is they uh, saw a post by a guy that I uh, used to attend church with, all of us attended together, and he was saying how unusual Israel is, and that you can go from Mount Hermon in the north where it's snowing, and you can be snow skiing in the morning, you can drive to the Mediterranean Sea and, you know, uh, go swimming, and then you can drive down to the Dead Sea all within a few hours, and you can be on the lowest spot on earth, and it's so hot that you have to put on your, uh, you know, your Bedouin clothes. And so they thought they'd take his challenge, and they do that. And so uh, they did that over the past couple of days, and so we'll have a video on that at some point. But it just made me think right now. They are at a restaurant. I don't know if they're going to be able to pick up, but I'm going to try to give them a call. And um, they're at a restaurant, and maybe we'll just say hi to them if they're still there. So hang on a second here. Oh, hey, we thought we'd bother you during your lunch. Oh, that's all right. Everybody at the church wanted to say hi. I was telling them about your adventure over the past day, and we've got the Prophecy Update online, uh, too. The people online are watching, so there you go. Is Rhoda with you, or are you alone? Rhoda was here. Hold on. Well, that's what I was asking. Okay, yeah, see if you can get her. And show us the party. You've got somebody having a birthday there? Oh, yeah, hold on. All right, well, we hold want to on. see this. You crazy people in Israel, we want to know what's going on. Joy, you have a birthday. Uh, hello, all the way from... Hey, happy birthday to you, Joy. Yeah, superior word says hello. And where's your beautiful wife? There's Rhoda. Hi, Rhoda. Everybody at the church and online says hello. We're, we were talking about your video and what you were doing to film one over the past couple days, and so uh, we're all excited, and I know everybody online is excited about seeing your next video. Yeah, we are excited to post it, too. All right, good. Well, let's see Joy one more time, and then we'll let you guys get back to lunch. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. All right, let's have a prayer together. Let's, let's have a prayer for Joy's birthday, Okay. All right, here, I don't know, we might have lost them, but now here we go. Heavenly Father, we pray for Sergio and Rhoda and for them to prosper during their uh, uh, filming season. And we also pray for Joy on her birthday, and we would ask that you would bless her with many years ahead, unless you come for us. And uh, if that happens, then we'll be grateful for that. But either way, we love you, we praise you, and we exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, everybody, have a wonderful day. We love you. All right, bye-bye. Well, that was fun. Okay. All right. So we got down the Prophecy Update live from Nazareth, Israel. Where there, you see the food on the table? Yes. Look pretty wonderful. Anyway, all right. I don't know. They stay skinny, though, but I don't know how they do it. All right. Let's see. Our first category is, as always, Israel. And from the Times of Israel, we have, in first, U.S. deploys advanced THAAD missile defense system in Israel. The IDF said the U.S.-European Command's deployment of the Terminal High Altitude Area Defense, or THAAD, 
was meant to drill dispatching the system quickly across the world and working together with Israeli air defenses against threats such as long-range ballistic missiles. The military stressed Thad's presence in Israel was strictly defensive and not related to any specific event. Prime Minister Netanyahu also serves as defense minister. He said the deployment was further evidence of the U.S.'s commitment to Israel's security. Together with our defense systems, we are even stronger in dealing with threats from throughout the Middle East. Israel ties have never been stronger. I welcome the joint drill, he said. U.S.-European command said the deployment was ordered by the acting defense secretary Patrick Shanahan. It was meant to demonstrate America's continued commitment to Israel's security. Good stuff there. From Haaretz, Netanyahu goes full Trump. Now, this is from a lefty newspaper, so obviously they're trying to tie the two together. Goes full Trump posts Fox and Friends clip claiming Israeli deep state behind pending indictment. Prime Minister Netanyahu posted an ad featuring a clip from Fox and Friends in which co-host Pete, I can't pronounce the guy's name, calls the potential charges against Netanyahu trumped up and from Israel's deep state. Fox and Friends, also known to be President Trump's favorite show, lauded Netanyahu saying the people love him, they appreciate what he's done for the state of Israel, and as a result, he will fight this and he will not step down. He's been a great friend of the USA. The post on Netanyahu's Facebook page said, watch what they say in one of the most popular programs in the United States about the persecution against me. So he's doing what Trump would do, but they're just, they're obviously trying to tie the two together, the lefties, and saying that they're both, anyway, from Slate. As investigators close in, Netanyahu and Trump are following the same playbook. Once again, a lefty site. So there you go, from uh, Times of Israel. Two soldiers wounded in West Bank car ramming Two attackers killed. Hate to put my thumb up over that, but if you're going to play with the big boys, you have to expect the uh, the penalty for it. So, mm-hmm. Times of Israel, U.S. closes Jerusalem consulate, demoting Fakistinian mission. I said that last week it was coming. They actually did it. They no longer have any mission to the Fakistinians. If they want to uh, come to America or do any of their diplomatic processing, it has to be through the U.S. consulate. From the Jerusalem Post, Fakistinians, no role for U.S. in peace after closure of Jerusalem consulate. So they're making their threats once again. It doesn't matter what Trump does. He can do anything and they will not accept his peace plan. They'll find this reason and this reason and this reason and a host of others, but they say that there will not be peace through his plan. They may take somebody else and they will take somebody else and so will Israel, but it won't be Trump. So don't get too excited about that. From the uh, Jerusalem Post, Texas blacklists Airbnb over West Bank settlement boycott. The Texas Comptroller of Public Accounts publicly updated the list of businesses on the state's list of companies that boycott Israel to include Airbnb. The state of Texas has blacklisted the global vacation rental company Airbnb over its boycott of West Bank settlements. Airbnb has a 90-day period to prove that it has not boycotted Israel before any action is taken against it. Under the Texas regulation that governs the list, should the Israel boycott continue, the state governmental entity shall sell, redeem, divest, or withdraw all publicly traded securities of the company except securities. Airbnb said in response, we will unequivocally reject and oppose the BDS movement and are disappointed by the Texas decision. There are over 20,000 Airbnb hosts in Israel who open their doors and showcase the best of Israeli hospitality to guests from around the world, which boosts local families, businesses, and communities. What they don't say, though, is that many of those that were in the West Bank, they no longer allow. And so they're saying that they're in Israel, which is true, but they're not doing according to uh, what Texas has said they should be doing. So we'll see. Israel Today says BDS fail. Dope Francis gives green light for Vatican to invest in Israel. Oops. The anti-Israel BDS movement suffered yet another setback last week when Dope Francis approved investing Vatican funds in the Israeli startups, which it just shows you it's all money with the Vatican anyway and most big denominations. But a representative of the Vatican's investment fund, Dixon Dole, spoke earlier this month at the 
Axis Tel Aviv Investors Conference and discussed investment opportunities with a number of Israeli companies. Among the local startups approached by the Vatican was the Air Doctor Limited, which has developed an online platform enabling users to accept professional medical assistance wherever they might be traveling. Also on the list were FruitSpec, which helps farmers accurately predict crop yields, and iControl, which has developed a system to enable people suffering from ALS and other debilitative conditions to communicate with loved ones. So pretty good stuff, but they're investing in that, which just shows that they know that Israel's on the up and they're going to make a profit off of them. And then from World Israel News, I reported on this taking off. And now it's taken off. Selfie in space. Israeli spacecraft Genesis, actually it's called Beldr's Sheet, um, takes its first photo. So it took a photo of itself flying around in outer space. And that brings us to our Christian category. And I decided today, instead of highlighting it this at the beginning of the update, I would highlight it before the Christian update. And the reason why is because of the person that is visiting Sarasota right now. Um, Instead of coming just to attend a Prophecy Update, this individual attends our church online. Uh, She's from Griffin, Georgia, and she came down, she spent the week with me. And her name is Lynn McCoy, and she came here specifically to learn more about how to evangelize other people and to do proper Bible study. So I spent a couple hours with her, uh, I think it was Wednesday, showing her how I do my sermons, every step that I go through, reading the Hebrew, studying this particular word, how you get to this link, and showed her all of those things. And uh, then uh, we did a few other small things this week. It's kind of busy, but uh, uh, we did have some time because I got as much done earlier in the week before she arrived uh, Friday. I was able to take her down to Spanish Point, and we had a great time down there. If you are visiting Sarasota, I recommend you go to Spanish Point. It is my favorite place, maybe on the planet, outside of Turtle Beach, where I uh, was first taken after I was born. But uh, other than that, um, she's been here. And then what did she do on her Saturday? Did she go to the beach? No, she went to mission work with us, and she spent the day uh, learning how to evangelize people in the projects and to uh, minister to people. And uh, did you have a good time with us? Okay, I'm glad. You know, I I don't know how she survived, though, because we got eight chihuahuas, and I'm telling you what, they go off at any time of the day and into the night. She didn't seem to mind, but uh, uh, I always warn people, you know, you got to watch them because they start at the ankles, and they'll keep eating until you're gone. So you got to run pretty quick, and she's, she learned to sprint while she was here. But uh, anyway, it's a real pleasure having you here, and it's been a great week with you, and uh, uh, don't tell all of my dirty secrets about all of the, uh, uh, you know, I wear sarongs around the house, and I, my daughter gave me a onesie, and I wear that. I don't want any photos of that getting out, okay? Yeah. Uh, it, it got a little cool this week, and so I wore my onesie, and uh, hey, my daughter gave it to me. I wear it, so whatever, but uh, there you go. And then one other thing before we get into the Christian news is um, uh, the church that I mentioned in Kenya. Uh, You know, they need to buy the land. They need to build a building. There is a building there, and uh, it it will last them for a while. But like I said, you could, looks like you could push it over with their hand. But the main thing is they need to get the land first and then the building. And this week, I got several emails, really positive responses from people that were willing to help out. And I hooked them up with uh, Pastor Oma, his, actually, uh, Silas Oma is his name. So sometimes you say Pastor Silas, sometimes Pastor Oma, but it's the same person. But uh, one person already has given a huge amount. I, I couldn't believe it. I would, don't want to give their names without permission. But here's what they did. They said, instead of Uh, giving each other anniversary gifts this year. I think they said it was their 25th anniversary. They want to do something for the good of the the church, meaning the church of God in Jesus Christ. And they gave their anniversary gifts to this church to help them get started. And they are on their way now. And if anybody else can help, they, they still have quite a ways to go to have both the land and the building. But I want to thank those people that did that immensely. I mean, it was the kindest gesture that they just, out of their own love for each other, said, we're going to do this in our love for Christ. And it touched me in a way I I cannot express, and I'm going to cry, so I'm going to stop. But if anybody else wants to help with the building of that church, it can be a small amount, it can be any amount. But, oh, I want to say one more thing before I get into this. These people, I, I emailed them and I said, listen, we've got some people that want to give, and I didn't hear back. And this is a guy I send my daily devotional to every single day in Kenya. And he reads it, and they have Bible study online with us. And I didn't hear back from him. 
and I didn't hear again uh, the next day. And this is very unusual. I can hear from him every day. After five days, I was saying every time I emailed him, are you okay? Is everything okay? And he came back online and he said, oh, the church took the week off to pray. They spent a week in prayer. Now, if every church in America would do that, things would get done in the body of Christ. But I, once again, I almost broke down in tears when I heard that, is that they weren't answering emails. They weren't doing anything but in prayer for this to be affected. And while they were praying, these people were giving of their own marriage vows and their dedication to the Lord for that. So there you go. I'm very thankful that people are helping out in that. It touches my heart. Um, From the Christian Post, husband and wife co-pastors are trending, but scholars dispute whether it's biblical. Well, the answer in short is no. Absolutely not. So I'm not going to read the article. It's just the title itself. But uh, uh, it's very convenient when you're a husband and a wife and you're co-pastors of a multi-million dollar church because what do you do? She doesn't have to do anything. She can say she's a co-pastor and she gets another paycheck just like you. So you've doubled your salary legally and you've milked your, uh, your congregation and you've violated biblical precepts in the process. Good job, folks. All right, from Christian Post. Scammers posing as pastors. Churches nationwide issue urgent warning. Pay attention to this one, please. If you are, you know, in a church somewhere, your your uh, pastor contacts you for money. Okay, here we go. Scams in which local pastors are impersonated in order to trick their congregants out of hundreds of dollars has permeated communities across the nation. I'd never even heard of this, but here it is. Scammers impersonating trusted pastors have fooled a number of victims nationwide. As churches are speaking out about the trend, one state government is warning that scammers may be using information available on church websites to get a leg up on tricking faithful churchgoers. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton issued a consumer alert on Friday last week regarding persons who alleged to be pastors and priests who text or email members of various churches asking them to buy gift cards that will benefit a charitable cause. According to a press release from Paxton's office, a number of Texans have received deceptive texts from people pretending to be pastors of their churches. The scammers requested the recipients of the texts buy gift cards and send them the access codes. Although the scammers claim gift cards are needed to give to cancer patients, the scammers tell the victims that they cannot physically pick up the gift card and that the purchaser will be reimbursed if they send access code through text or email after purchasing. And they gave some examples of where they actually got milked. In North Carolina, a similar scam has penetrated the inboxes of churchgoers in several congregations. So if you attend a church and you watch this Prophecy Update, just be aware that you should never give anybody anything over the phone or through email, okay? And if you get contacted by the superior word, accept an appeal like I just made for the people in Kenya, it ain't for me, I guarantee you that, because we don't ask for anything in this church. People have blessed this church simply by giving of their own goodness and their own uh, hearts, but uh, don't be scammed by people that are doing this at your personal church. Be wary. I had no idea there was something like this and how devious people are in this world. From One News Now, listen up, TBS, God shall not be mocked. The sitcom called Miracle Workers. Paul Buscemi, he's done a lot of really goofy stuff over the years. He was in the movie Armageddon, if you remember that. And he was uh, the guy that flipped out when shooting the the intergalactic machine gun. That's him. Okay. Anyway, um, the sitcom called Miracle Workers is no laughing matter. According to Monica Cole, director of One Million Moms. I haven't seen it. I don't get TV, so I wouldn't know anyway. But she describes how the producers of the show depict God. They have God drinking beer, getting drunk, making irrational decisions, not caring about his people on earth, she lists, and how he plans to blow it up because he's tired of not getting the respect he used to receive. So anyway, you know, that's almost biblical. I hate to tell you that last one. Not not the getting drunk part, but uh, let's go to 2 Peter, and uh, let's see here. Yeah, the last part, 2 Peter... And we'll go to verse chapter 3, I think. And uh, where? Um, oh, here it is. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. That sounds like nuclear detonation, right? Uh, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. So he got at least one part of it right, but God doesn't get drunk. Uh, Let's see, where was I? Cole contends the program is another attempt to distort the truth about Christianity. 
It's extremely sacrilegious and blasphemous how the network is portraying God Almighty, she laments. It is a mockery of God by having him say and do things that are extremely uncharacteristic of God. Well, you can find that even in Christian denominations. You can find it all over the world. But uh, uh, And you know what? That's TV. They have a right to put out what they want, but the title is correct. God shall not be mocked. They will pay a price for that in the end. Reuters, China warns party members to stick to marks, not ghosts and spirits. Uh, it's mostly about spiritism and stuff, but it falls under the umbrella of Christianity as well because they don't believe in any any divine beings. Warned party members to stick to Marx and Lenin and not believe in ghosts and spirits or practice liberalism. In the latest effort to root out superstitious practices and further tighten party control, China officially guarantees freedom of religion for major belief systems such as Christianity, Buddhism, and Islam, but... Party members are meant to be atheists, so you can't be any of those if you're a party member and are especially banned from participating in what China calls superstitious practices such as visiting soothsayers. So you can't go get your palm read or any of that kind of nonsense. But um, China is really, really quickly getting belligerent even to Christianity and uh, Islam too, as we saw in the past week. But uh, this is only going to get worse for them. And there are a lot of faithful Christians in China. So until the time of the rap, sure they're only going to get it worse and worse as many places in the world are such as in christian post says at least 32 christians killed as mob burns homes church in nigeria so there you go we're sitting here fat dumb and happy in america worrying about niggling over little issues that don't make any difference in the grand scheme of things and these people are giving their lives up for the name of christ so let's have our priorities and let's keep these type of people in prayer from Islam Today, Zero Hedge says, our drivers have been attacked. UPS halts deliveries to Swedish no-go zones. Though European leaders and their counterparts in the U.S. have continued to deny their existence, migrant-dominated no-go zones remain a persistent public safety threat to the Swedish public. And the latest repudiation of the Swedish government, its refusal to accept the term and acknowledge the fact that as Swedish police chiefs warned back in 2017, which we reported on, these areas represent parallel societies where Swedish institutions are not recognized. UPS has ceased delivery to Rosengard, a notorious neighborhood in Malmo, Sweden, after several of its drivers were assaulted and robbed. Delivering to the neighborhood has become too dangerous for UPS. After the U.S. carrier told the press that our drivers have been attacked and therefore we have decided to not hand out packages at that district. This decision to cease package delivery follows a spike in crime in the notoriously poverty-stricken neighborhood where police say they cannot effectively carry out their law enforcement duties. Back in 2017, a leaked police report identified 23 no-go zones across the country where police could not effectively operate. But in the U.S., the New York Times and its partners in the mainstream press refuse to acknowledge the existence of an immigrant-driven spike in crime in parts of the liberal Nordic paradise. Why? Because it contradicts their pro-immigration agenda. There you go. Yep. Daily Mail says Trudeau trying to bring jihadi Jack into Canada. Plans to smuggle. They're trying to get this guy through backdoor uh, smuggling jihadi Jack out of Syria and take him to Canada collapsed at the last minute after foreign office intervention. An MP has revealed Jack Letts, 23. He was a Canadian citizen who decided to go Islamic fled his hometown of Oxford to join ISIS in 2014, where he said he lived on the Oxford street of Raqqa, got married to an Iraqi and fathered a child. Labor MP Lloyd Russell Moyle claims Letts, whose father is a Canadian, was just days away from being transited to Canada like they want him back there, right? Canada before another party blocked the move. The Canadian government pledged they would do everything to ensure the release of Letts and planned his transit through Turkey. But suddenly, last year, Ottawa wrote to John Letts and Sally Lane to say they could no longer guarantee the release of their son. Mr. Russell Moyle said that he believed this other party was either the British government or the Americans. I would I would bet the Americans on that one. They, You know what? Canada wants to bring some terrorists back into their country. That's Trudeau's policy. Crazy. From the, the Times. North. What? 
Northern Wall. We need one up there as well. Sorry, Canada. I love most of you up there, but there are problems. Uh, Times of Israel. Iran hails chess player who refused to face Israeli. Yay, go. A young Iranian chess player who refused to play against an Israeli in a recent international tournament has been hailed as a hero in Iranian media. And this week met with Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah al-Khamenei. Now, uh, if he lost to them... That would be a huge embarrassment. So I think that's as much of any reason that they don't do this. It's not that they don't want to take on the Jews. If they knew they could beat them in all these things, they'd go in there and they'd stomp on them. But here we go. 17-year-old Aryan Golami forfeited his chance at winning a $10,000 prize when he ruled out playing against Israeli Ariel Ehrenberg at the Rilton Cup in Sweden. Golami told Swedish chess website Shaq SE that he had first listen to the first part and then listen to the second part. He had no ill will towards the Israeli. But if I were to play against an Israeli, it would have serious consequences for me. So he knew being a 17 year old kid that he should not do this because he could get in real trouble. So but then later, Golami later told the Fakistinian Cuds News Network, I refuse this competition in order to defend the Fakistinian people, which that's obviously not the reason. But I do not recognize a place called Israel. Golami could be banned by Iran's Chess Federation from playing in international tournaments as punishment for facing an Israeli. So there you go. Times of Israel, in rare visit to Iraq, Abbas offers Fakistinian expertise to help rebuilding. This is a Fakistinian going to Iraq and saying, we're going to help you rebuild. Can you imagine? That's almost, that should have been irony, I think. I mean, okay, Fakistinian President Abbas said that he had offered Fakistine expertise and companies to help Iraq with its post-war reconstruction. The president said Fakistinians were ready to contribute to rebuilding Iraq. They can't even pay their own bills. How are they going to do that? Which has suffered major material losses and armed conflicts over the past 17 years. I can see the Iraqi foreign minister standing there laughing, you know, trying, just trying to keep us calm there. It says, um, it is not clear how much resources Ramallah, which is heavily cash-strapped, could provide to help rebuild Iraq. The Fakistinians are themselves very reliant on international assistance. And just to show you how bad it is, next article, Fox Afghanistan, and we're talking about the the swirl in the toilet bowl. Afghanistan donates $1 million to UN agency for Fakistinians. So they're getting money from Afghanistan, and now they're going to go help Iraq rebuild? I don't think so. Anyway, Mongolia today. CGTN Mongolia kicks off annual Spring Golden Eagle Festival. I highlight this. They do it twice a year, and I always bring it up. A total of 20 eagle hunters aged 18 through 77 are competing in the 12th edition of the two-day festival to catch fake animals, such as foxes and hares, with specially trained golden eagles, showing off the skills of both the eagles and their trainers. Previously, the competition used live animals as prey, but at the request of animal rights activists, the festivals have been using fake animals in recent years. Eagle hunters will also compete in calling their eagles at the top of the mountain. The quickest eagle to recognize its owner and sit on its own forearm will be the winner. Mongolia is said to be one of a few countries that keeps this thousand-year-old tradition alive. So, very interesting. You know what? I'm all for live animals, and not because it's cruel. It's because that's what they do anyway. They're going to eat an animal when they go home for dinner that night, and this is what they do in the wild. The ones that aren't caught and that aren't being held by these people are eating little foxes out in the prairies all the time. This is a world where things eat other things. There isn't anything on this planet that doesn't eat something else, okay? I'm sorry for animals. I really am. I gave up meat for five years because I felt sorry for animals, and then I realized that this is God's world. He has ordained people to eat, right? In Genesis chapter 9, everything is for you. Now, there are things you probably shouldn't eat, like the poisonous herbs over there, or that animal that's got quills pointing out of its back. But obviously, but this world is a world where there is disorder, there is not harmony, and we are waiting for the restoration of all things. Until then, pass the lamb chops, okay? (laughs) Daniel 12 technology, Bloomberg. I gave up. Eating, not eating meat any longer because I went to Israel in 2003 and I smelled lamb. They were cooking it. And that took me back to my days. My grandmother, anytime I went down to grandma's house, we'd walk down to her house. She would serve us lamb. And I I could not say no. And I have not looked back since. 
good stuff. Okay, Bloomberg, this Daniel 12 technology. These cameras can spot shoplifters even before they steal. Yeah, it's watching and knows a crime is about to take place before it happens. I'm actually all for this. If you're going to break the law, well, I'm going to read it to you. I'm all for it. I know people don't like the surveillance state and all that, but if they can identify people that are really breaking the law, more power to them. VAK, V-A-A-K, a Japanese startup has developed AI software that hunts for potential shoplifters using footage from security cameras for fidgeting, restlessness, and other potentially suspicious body language. Algorithms analyze security camera footage and alert staff about potential thieves in a smartphone app. The goal is prevention. If the target is approached and asked if they need help, there's a good chance that the theft never happens. Vok made headlines last year when it helped nab a shoplifter at a convenience store in Yokohama. Vok had set up its software in the shop as a test case, which picked up on previously undetected shoplifting activity. The perpetrator was arrested a few days later. Shoplifting cost the global retail industry about $34 billion in lost sales in 2017. $34 billion, which would you would save that on your shopping if this wasn't happening. I'm all for it. Okay, CBS Local. You're a retired police officer. Would you go for that or you don't think that's a good idea? Okay, and that's what I thought as I was typing this. There are two sides to it. In my final analysis, I, I, it's going to get out there anyway. If it helps get rid of shoplifters, I'm all for it. I understand that there are things that shouldn't be done with cameras, especially spying on people. But if they can focus on, on people that are obviously perpetrators, get them. CBS Local. Northwestern neuroscientist researching brain chips to make people super intelligent. I reported on this a year or so ago. They were talking about doing it. Now they're actually starting it. In as little as five years, super smart people could be walking down the street. Men and women who've paid to increase their intelligence. Northwestern University neuroscientist and business professor Dr. Moran Cerf made that prediction because he's working on a smart chip for the brain. Make it so that it has an internet connection. Okay, it's right in the back of your head. You've got an internet connection, and you say, I don't understand um, You know how many uh, things it takes to do this. Well, what does it do? It takes you right to Wikipedia. You read about it in your head, and you've accessed that information, and now you're super smart. Okay, yeah. It says um, goes to Wikipedia, and when I think this particular thought, it gives me the answer. He said, approximately 40,000 people in the U.S. have already had smart chips in their heads, but... Those brain implants are only for approved medical use for now. They're talking about actually enhancing people. I think that is a bad idea. I, I got to tell you, I think that's a really bad idea. And I can see that getting right into the end times very quickly. Anyway, here we go. Revelation plagues. Just stuff on floods this week, just so you can see kind of what's been going on around the world. Yeshiva world. Multiple people rescued in floods as heavy rainfall continues in Israel. Times of Israel, 1,200 students rescued from Jerusalem school cut off by flooding. Times of Israel, section of West Bank barrier near Jerusalem collapses in rainstorm. From AccuWeather, India, Pakistan brace for more flooding, mountain snow as new storm targets Kashmir. From WION, at least 50 dead after intense rain plague northern central coastal regions of Peru. USA Today, deadly California floods swamp 2,000 homes, turn two towns into islands, record snow in Sierra, which means more water coming down when that uh, melts. From AccuWeather, vineyards become swampland following heavy rain in California wine country. From the Sierra Sun, February buried, record snowfall stacks up in Sierra Nevada at Truckee Tahoe Resorts. All that snow has got to come down the mountains eventually. LAT, which is Los Angeles Times, March Madness. More storms are lining up to drench Southern California. Mercury News, worst I've seen as river recedes, Greenville, California assesses the flood damage. From Al Arabiya, flash floods, snow and rain kill at least 59 in Afghanistan. And Watchers says massive floods hit Israel and Jordan. More than a month's worth of rain in only 24 hours. Hours. So, you know, I see this every week because I read these every day. 
But I just thought this week I'd give you a snapshot of what goes on in the world. We don't think about these things unless we have Irma coming up September of last year, September 13th, two years ago now. And then we start thinking about it. And all the remember all of the uh, citrus got flooded and half of it fell off. And there you go. Morality. Um, you know what? Somebody sent me a link. I'm not going to read you the article, but there is a campaign to send baby hats to Nancy Pelosi as, pro, uh, you know, um, protesting abortion rights for these people. And uh, they're $9 each. So if you want to send one to Nancy Pelosi, it'll be in your name or whatever. Send me an email and I can tell you how you do that. Or just go to World Net Daily and type in campaign to send baby hats to Nancy Pelosi. And the person that sent me this is actually knitting one to send to her. So this will be a personal one there. Anyway, it won't, it won't change your mind this much, but it is a good statement showing that you stand for the... Oh, well, you know, seeing how we're talking about that, I mentioned this before we started the update, but it is now 40 days for life in America, okay? Time to pray for the unborn, to do things. If you have an abortion clinic in your town, go. Stand outside with the sign or pray or read a Bible. I used to go to Planned Parenthood in Sarasota every Friday, and I did that for several years, and I read the Bible. I just read, I'd always start out with the same verse, Exodus, I think it's 21, 12. It might be 12, 21. Anyway, it's um, the one that says that if a man strikes a woman who is pregnant and there's no harm, then, you know, no offense. But if he strikes a woman, that baby dies, it is life for life, implying that the human being in the womb is a person and you forfeited your life by striking that. Imagine the cost these people will have for performing abortions. We'll go on from Fox. South Dakota students hit the beach as university deems Hawaiian Day culturally insensitive. Yes, the University of South Dakota recently deemed the name of Student Association's Hawaiian Day event culturally insensitive, saying the title violated the school's policy on inclusiveness. I mean, we got Elvis Presley used to have the Hawaiian movies and wearing the lei and everything can't have Hawaiian Day anymore. The Student Bar Association has since changed the name to Beach Day. Well, I I feel offended by that. I I feel offended because I live by a beach and I don't want people imitating where I live, okay? We greatly apologize to those we offended. It was unintentional. Of course it was. The group wrote in a FB message to its members. Why would even apologize about that? I mean, I feel so ashamed that I called it Hawaiian Day. In addition, lays, the traditional flower garlands often given to tourists in Hawaii, will no longer be distributed at the event, the paper reported. The dress code of floral shirts will remain the same, however, the report said. Well, I wonder how, you know, we got another prophecy guy, J.D. Farag, out in uh, uh, Hawaii. He does an update, too, and he's always wearing a lei, and he's an Arab. How does he get away with that? I don't care if he's in Hawaii or not. How can he get away with that? We'll see. Somebody send him an email, or maybe I'll send him one. How do you get away with that? I mean, the world is so filled with offense nowadays. So crazy. From BPR. Socialism destroys prom. New Jersey school officials ban kids from riding in limousines because everyone can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Lakeland Regional High School made a decision this year to ban students from driving to their prom or renting a limo. And you know what? They have pictures of them proms that'll hold like 20 children it's not like one guy is buying a prom for his girl and i'm you know they're all getting in there they're pitching in and they're having a good time ruined says uh, instead every student must pay 15 dollars to be driven to the prom at rockley country club on a chaperone bus so somebody's making money off the kids now the decision was made based on concern over the safety of all of our students and in providing equity for all students so that they all could enjoy a shared prom experience despite socioeconomic status. Now I'm going to say something and this is going to get somebody upset and I don't care. I was in the U.S. military. I went overseas, okay? I was an airman basic. That means as low as you can go. You can't go any lower, okay, unless you get kicked out. Or if you go to custody, military custody, then you're still an airman basic but you just deprived your rights. But I was an airman basic. I married a wife. Okay, we went overseas. We lived off the base. And we saved our money. I was on the same level as every other person that arrived at that base. I spent six years there and we saved our money. We invested our money. Okay, we came back and we were able to buy a house in the United States of America. Okay, I was in there for nine years, four months, and 15 days. All right, everybody is on their own level. Everybody is responsible for their own situation in this life. People shouldn't be punished for this. Some people are spendthrifts. I knew a guy that spent 
all of his money the first day after he got his paycheck, and then he would borrow money from people that would charge him interest, and he'd have to pay him back on the next paycheck. Was it two weeks or whatever? Okay, that was his fault. My wife and I were saving money. We were trying to save money. And while we were over there, I went to Hong Kong. I went to Korea. I went to uh, Malaysia. Or no, I didn't go to Malaysia. I went to the Philippines a couple times. I went. Uh, I came back to America for my high school reunion, my 10th high school reunion. Guess who got the award for traveled forest for the <laughs> union? Yeah, that's right. Anyway, um, and oh, I tell you, this is so funny. I know I'm getting off on this, but it was Mother's Day the next day. And I got a basket that was this big. Is she here? She's not good. Um, it, was, it was giant. I got the award for having won this, and I took it that night, and I put it on the table and said, Happy Mother's Day. Uh, oh. I'm still getting rewards for that years later. <laughs> hey, anyway, I, I, I may have told her. I don't oh. know. But if I didn't, I don't want her finding out during a prophecy update. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, but uh, I, I traveled. My wife traveled. We, um, uh, we were in Malaysia later. She went to India. She went to Australia. We went all over the world. We traveled. We were able to adopt two children, and that was expensive back then. I'm going to tell you what, two children, and yet we still saved enough to buy a house, okay? I'm not trying to pick on anybody that doesn't have money. I understand people lose jobs, people have difficulties, et cetera, et cetera, but you need to be responsible enough to say, I want to go to the prom. You are allowed to go to the prom. That's my point. All the rest of it is just what happened in our lives, and I thought I'd share my Mother's Day bonus story with you. All right, from, uh, let's see here, from The Federalist. Canadian court rules parents can't stop 14-year-old from taking trans hormones. A 14-year-old. We talked about this on a different level uh, a couple weeks ago. The Supreme Court of, now listen to this article and imagine what's going on here. The Supreme Court of B.C., Canada, ordered that a 14-year-old girl received testosterone injections without parental consent. The court also declared that if either of her parents referred to her using female pronouns or addressed her by her birth name, they would be considered guilty of family violence. Calling your own child the name that you gave them, you can now be arrested. As previously reported, Maxine was encouraged by her school counselor in British Columbia's Delta School District to identify as a boy while in seventh grade. When Maxine, now they're writing the girl's name, so they ought to be prosecuted for writing this article, right? Okay, Uh, maybe it's an American uh, federalist. That must be America. Anyway, when Maxine was 13, Dr. Brendan Hirsch and his colleagues at BC Children's Hospital decided that she should be taking testosterone injections in order to develop a more masculine appearance. Although Maxine's mother was ultimately willing to support hormone injections because she doesn't want to go to jail, right? Her father was concerned about the permanent ramifications of cross-sex hormones. Suspecting that his daughter's mental health issues might be more the cause than the effect of her gender dysphoria, he decided that it would be better for her to wait until she was older before she embarked on any irreversible course of treatment. Sounds reasonable to me. At that point, Hirsch informed Clark that he would begin testosterone injections on the basis of Maxine's consent alone, a 13-year-old kid, claiming that he had a right to do so under BC Infants Act. Clark promptly sought an injunction to prevent this. However, a judge deemed Maxine exclusively entitled to consent to medical treatment for gender dysphoria. 13-year-old ruining her own, his, its own life, and the parents can't do anything about it. Now, I will tell you, my friend sent me this. I'm not going to give names or anything, but he has some autistic children. And you know where this is going to go. Someday, they're going to go in, they're going to say, you know, there are, we got things that we can make you happy. We can give you a drug, and I'm talking about euthanasia, because this is already legal up in Canada, and they already have a right to euthanize children. And he says, so you get a call from a doctor and it says, the body of your child's waiting to be picked up, and it's the first you hear about it, because you were never even involved in that process, and that is where this is going. Start with this type of stuff. Get the law in place. You've already got the euthanasia. We want to get rid of the unwanteds. People, let me tell you what, when I see somebody with a Down syndrome child, they are always the happiest parents of all, always. But these people will infect the minds of people that can't think properly like this, and they'll say, you know, we got a happy place for you. Would you like to take this drug? Sign here. Done. We're trying to get rid of people in this world. Zero Hedge. New study claims Dr. Seuss and his books are racist. Yeah. 
CBS, record-breaking preemie. Listen to this one. Record-breaking preemie, weighing as much as an onion at birth, goes home healthy. A baby born in Tokyo weighing the same as a large onion has gone home healthy. The tiny tot weighed just 268 grams, which is 10 ounces, when he was delivered at 24 weeks. 24 weeks. And the child is now home. Our other category. It is amazing. The things we do in this world. From Breitbart. 3.8 million drop-off food stamps under Trump. I know this made all of the major news, didn't it? More than 3.8 million dropped off of food stamps since President Trump's first full month in office, according to the most recent data from the USDA. Food stamp enrollment also dropped to its lowest level in a decade. The last time overall food stamp participation was this low was in November 2009, when 38 million were on the government dole. Food stamp usage has also declined indirectly because of Trump's proposed efforts to tighten food stamp eligibility among recent legal immigrants. A recent study showed that food stamp usage among people who recently immigrated to the U.S. in the past five years dropped by 10%. Thank you, President Trump. Mail online. Rate of Hispanic poverty. We did this last year. They've done the stats for this year. Rate of Hispanic poverty in America has fallen to a record low, 18.3%. And the overall rate of poor Americans has declined three years in a row, new census data reveals. Hispanics account for 18.3% of the population, and 18.3% of them are living in poverty. So it's kind of a funny number there. The 1.1% year-on-year decrease in their rate of poverty from 2017 was also the largest single decline that the U.S. Hispanic population has ever experienced. The rate of poverty among all Americans declined slightly in 2017 to 12.3%, the third year in a row that numbers have gone down. Hispanic households also saw their median household income increase 3.7% in 2017, the third year in a row they saw a rise. Something just came to my mind. People are going to say, how did you save enough to do the things you did? And I'm going to tell you right now. We lived, and my friends would come over, and they could not believe it. You have to have, what is your priority in life? They would come over, and we had nothing in our house. We had no furniture. We slept on the floor. We had, and Japanese anyway, but yes, it was years before we bought anything. If I had a picture on a wall, it was because I found it in the garbage. We spent nothing because we wanted to provide a future for our children. And so literally, my friend still, he comes, the shirt I wore yesterday, Bay City um, Culinary, He's uh, retired from the service over there, and he comes over uh, once a year or so with his family to visit, and he says the same thing every year. I remember sitting in your house, and there was nothing in there, and it was so nice. You didn't have clutter. You ought to see our house now. (laughs) My wife learned how to pack rat, boy, I'll tell you, but I I can say that without her here, but isn't it true? There's stuff everywhere, and one room you're not allowed to go in. You, You wouldn't believe it. Anyway, that is how, okay? I just want you to know, you have to make choices in life, and we thought we want to save for the future. And so we, we literally spent nothing, nothing for years. Okay, that's why. I don't want people to feel bad if you don't have anything. Some people just have tough times. All right, there you go. From, but in the U.S. military, nobody has a tough time because you all get the same pay. You all get it. From uh, Daily Wire, New York City implemented minimum wage hike for fast food workers. Now they're looking for jobs. In July 2015, New York's Fast Food Wage Board, appointed by New York Governor Cuomo, as uh, what's his name, Limbaugh says, agreed with uh, labor movement and recommended a 15-hour minimum wage for fast food workers working for companies with at least 30 stores nationwide. Milk the big guy. That plan looks like it was a disaster because following the implementation of that recommendation, New York City showed the greatest plunge in restaurant jobs in almost 20 years. A survey published near the end of 2018 found 76.5% of full-service restaurant respondents reduced employee hours and 36.3% eliminated jobs in 2018. 75% eliminate jobs in 2019 as a result of mandated wage increases that took effect on December 31st of 2018. When the tip wage increased 50% in 2015 and since doubled, Annual employment growth dropped from 6.6% to less than 1% as of November 2018. Job killers. You want you want your job taken away? Vote in Democrat. That's what's going to happen. From Reuters. 
Venezuela, here it goes again. We've done this three times in the past month and a half. Venezuela removed eight tons of central bank gold last week. At least eight tons of gold were removed from the Venezuelan central bank's vaults and opposition legislature and three government sources told Reuters. In the latest sign of President Nicolas Maduro's desperation to raise hard currency amid tightening sanctions. The gold was removed in government vehicles when there was no regular security guards present at the bank. Oh, the central bank did not respond to requests for comment. Alvarado and the government sources who spoke on condition of anonymity did not say where the central bank was sending the gold. They said the operation took place while central bank head Calixto Ortega was abroad on a trip. From the LA Times, a February to remember in LA, it never reached 70 degrees and it never happened before either. Got a lesserick here for you. Now stealing from church folks is cruel. It breaks every God-fearing rule. When pastors are framed and completely defamed, it tarnishes one of his jewels. That was his wife, Kathy. That's a Catholic. All right, so we have uh, a couple ironies for you here. This is called, Please Drive Me to the Pokey. From Fox, fleeing cat burglar mistakes Maywood, New Jersey police car for his lift ride. <laughs> Got right in. Oops. Drive me to the pokey. And then from Mail Online, I should probably get a ride home. Drunk California driver arrested for DUI while driving with a neon sign warning against drunk driving on top of his car. Yes, please drive me to the pokey. Now, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I always have all of my categories are in order, and uh, Christian News is A, and then Israel is B, and then I get down to uh, uh, morality, for example, is G, and then I get to GA, which is usually gay. Anyway, um, and then I stop at I, which is my irony. Okay, this week I'm going to add in J. Okay, I've never had a J category before, and there's a reason why, why is because it exalts Jesus. Jesus. It happened to fit. Now, some of you probably saw this because it made Facebook, but if you didn't see it, it is marvelous. I reported on something like this about two weeks ago, and here it happened again. Coal City Fire Department. On March 3rd, around 12.58 a.m., our department was dispatched to assist Beaver VFD with a structure fire at the Freedom Ministries Church, located in Grandview, West Virginia. Though odds were against us, God was not. Now, this is the fire department posting this on their page. Okay, I checked it. I went there to make sure it wasn't a fake one. Picture this, a building so hot that at one point in time, firefighters had to back out. In your mind, everything should be burned to ashes. Not a single Bible was burned and not a single cross was harmed. Not a single firefighter was hurt. Prayers for the pastor and the congregation today. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the superior word, and that is your prophecy update for the week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.